Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of the Chapter by Chapter podcast. Happy Monday. Hope you guys had a good weekend. It's your boys, Will and Steve. We're back for another grand old episode of Dune Messiah. Steve, how you doing, bud? Doing good. Listeners, I hope you're doing good because this week is the most important week of your lives. Why? It, well, pay attention to fucking reality and you'll find out. You might get hit by a bus. So jump out of the way! Or maybe you'll get that new promotion. Right? Oh, that'd be fun. Or maybe you'll go buy a, buy a bag of chips. They won't even charge you for the chips. I don't know. Those moments are great. Those moments are great. Cha- savor those moments. You know? Uh, this chapter, Steve. This, ta- this chapter takes me back like a couple seasons for us. Maybe season three? Season two? Maybe? Uh, this chapter, chapter 19, this takes me back to the point where you and I were just crushing Twin Peaks episodes. Left, right, and center. I don't well, know which book was that, that was. I was crushing you, it, but you were watching it kind of along with me. I was texting I don't you even need to watch it. them. I know them all. It's right, it's, it's right there in your heart, you know? And this, this particular chapter, it just, it feels so Twin Peaksy. I, at the whole the whole time I was reading it, I was just like, I'm. I feel like I'm in the Black Lodge. You know. Well, it we've is taken a little Jason weird. Momoa, we've placed him in the Black Lodge, and we've got this little B Jazz guy is going like, your your favorite gum will come back in style. He's like, what? It's, what is going it's on? It's basically, here? uh, Jazz is sort of just dancing around. Hate telling him that he's Duncan, telling him that he's him, that they're the same, that they're brothers. Oh, and uh, I mean, honestly, the the extent of the Twin Peaks thing is really like he's a little guy. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of come on. There's more. There's more. Let's, okay. Let's start. Let's start with the chapter introduction, Steve. Uh, okay. First of all, before we get in there, I want to see. I, w- I want to pitch you a character. And see if you can kind of like come up with something on the fly to read this chapter introduction. So we got a listener that reached uh, out to us and he was like, this. you love this. A re- listener reached out to us and he was like, I have a character pitch. And he's like, Sardaukar Steve. And I think he was like mentioning some other, he was referencing another character. Possibly well, a previous the, character, a character of yours. the throat singing guys? Yeah. I can't throat sing this whole thing. But you know, just like just to get get jiggy with it, you know. Dibana was an apologist for Socratic Christianity, probably a native <laughs> of for an Anbus Anbus who lived between the eighth and ninth century before Corino. Like he in the second reign of Dalmac. Of his writings, only a portion survives from which this fragment is taken. (laughs) The hearts of all men. (laughs) 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 Can you imagine that in the movie? The hearts of all men dwell in the same wilderness. Wilderness. Fantastic. It's a podcast. From the Dune book of Irulan. 
I mean, great. like it's they call it the Dune Book of Irulan, but it's spelled like B U K, like the Dune Book. Yeah, the Dune Book. Like, what is is it? Are they, they say just book. changing the the are are they just changing like the spelling of stuff just to make it cooler? Is this just like a future spelling now? Like, is is Frank Herbert at that point? He's just like, I'm going to change is, the spelling yeah, of things. It is future spelling because in the audiobook he says Dune Book, and he's got the source. He's got the source. The source material. The sources. It's true. It's true. But what is like? What is the? What is the Doom Book? You know, it seems like this. Is this like the only Doom Book that that we've seen in this book? Because this one's the I don't Doom know. Book. You're of the Air expert. Long. I'm not uh, the expert. I'm just. A, I'm just a guy. Casual. Casual enthusiast is what I. I probably prefer. You own four books. You've read most of them, if not all of them. You own a board game. You own a live action role playing game. Uh, what else we got here? You like sand a lot. Uh, no, I don't like sand. Have you ever seen you get out? Get out of, yeah. Have you ever seen you get out of like a uh, get out of, get out of the lake onto? Yeah, a you beach? just sit there. You just sit there. You put a chair into the sand and you sit there and you talk about Dune and about how much you want to go home. Yeah, that's a big part of it. That's a lot of what I talk about when I'm at the beach. <laughs> no. How much I want to go home. All right. Chapter nineteen, uh, Steve. Steve, more or less, you uh, you kind of summed up that chapter really well in those like two sentences right at the top there. Well, this is like this is a this is a dance. This whole episode okay. is a dance, and okay. they're dancing around together, right? Tango, tango partners, mm-hmm. and they keep yep. switching the lead, keep switching the lead, right? Dun 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 dun, and they're swapping around, right? Because Bajaz thinks yep. that he knows what's going on, and you know he does. And Hay thinks that he knows what's going on, and you know he doesn't, because he's actually a different person whose corpse has been reanimated uh, with an yeah. attempt to build a new consciousness inside, which is what Bajaz sort of lays on him as like, in this man, conversation. You're which done. Is heavy. He specifically says you're a duncan which a duncan i don't think i got that there's going to be lots of duncans and i already assumed this but that's what i took from that there's there's a little bit more to it because he's talking about the reanimation process for for duncan he and uh bijaz says to duncan he's like look man your flesh didn't want to come back to life didn't come back alive like when we were trying to reanimate you, there was resistance to this whole process. And apparently, Bajaz yeah. was there when they were when they were reanimating uh, Duncan. So, like, what does that even look like? Does it just like a? Is it they put Duncan's body inside a tank, and it's just going no, no. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you know that the body's like resisting? Why? Why imagine it's uh, science? Well, I don't think he's just saying no. It's probably microscopic organisms, right? That are refusing. They're saying no. They're saying no. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can, and once you have the microscope on them, you can see them going bumping around, being like, "No way!" Yeah, they're little. Yeah, they're little tiny, like Jason Momoa's. You know, in like Evil Dead, uh, Army Darkness, and you got all those little tiny Bruce Campbells running around. Just think even smaller. And Jason Momoa. Microscopic Jason Momoa is just his head on like a fucking, I don't know, an amoeba or some shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just millions of them going like, my man, my man, my man. 
So, uh, yeah, B-Jazz tells him that his flesh didn't want to be reanimated, but they reanimated him anyways. Uh, There's also this, um, like, line that he says, like, we're practically brothers because we we were born in the same tanks. So what does that, like, does that necessarily mean that you're you're brothers? Or maybe it's just just like saying that we're, we're, he can relate, you know? You were born in a tank, I was born in the tank. We're both kind of like... Oh, I'm not saying they're, uh, yeah, robots. I don't think they're literal, literal brothers, but I think he's saying maybe they shared some of the same goo. Yeah. Uh, the tank goo, maybe one way or the other. That only goes one way, whoever it was. So really, it's like, you know, B Jazz was in there first, and Duncan's got some right. of his goo. Yeah, yeah. But not really the other way around. There's one point where Duncan brings up the T-Laxu, and it's this great moment where B Jazz is like, ha ha, I am the T-Laxu! And fucking just like slams his fucking book on the ground. And it reminds me of that moment, those moments when you like work in retail and then someone's like giving you shit and they're like, let me speak to the manager. And you're like, you know what? Guess what? I am the manager. Even if you aren't, you just say that. Right. And uh, they're never expecting it. They're caught off guard. And as far as they know, you know, you're a tiny little man who is a fish and he's dancing around. (laughs) Your retail experience was much different than mine. But I, I'm, I'm caught is. up with, yeah, I'm caught up with what you're saying. Because I know for a fact you never told anyone you were the manager. And from day one, I was telling people I was the manager. During So this first part of this conversation is Duncan and Bajaz kind of like, Bajaz like t- telling Hate that he's truly Duncan. And then there's this part that kind of, it, it, it switches gears suddenly. And Bajaz just starts singing. You know, I think everything after this point, like it says, like the jazz starts singing. And I think the entire time and this is where I get the very Twin Peaksy thing, like the jazz is like every line he's saying, he's like singing it to him, you know, and he's like humming. He's like, mm-hmm. he does start singing. And, yeah. And I think it puts Duncan in this trance like state so that he's like almost like just specifically listening to the jazz. And uh, during this whole part, Bajaz like lays it all out for him. Like, this is the plan. This is what's going on right now. You are a sleeper agent. All right. And at one moment, you're going to you're going to be activated and you're going to be activated by a phrase by uh, from from Paul. And one day he's going to come up to you and he's going to say she is gone. And what this is going to do is it's going to unlock a series of events that's that's going to bring us to like bring the Tleilaxu. It's like a battle pass. Yeah, exactly. It's going to bring the Tleilaxu to Paul to essentially offer Paul, hey, you know, we know you lost your Cheney. So what we could do is that we can reanimate her, create a Cheney Gola. Cheney zombie. Sounds like a horrible idea. Sounds like the Cheney zombie is going to try to have sex with Paul's new child. But we don't know. <laughs> well it's it's to like pretty much guarantee like paul can like still have children and all that sort of stuff so it seems like a seems like a no-brainer deal for for paul at least that's what their plan is like it's all determinant on how kind of like duncan kind of structures the situation to kind of get there and then once cheney and duncan are in the same room or at there's an opportunity for both of them to be in there I think that's Bajaz is like more or less t- saying to Duncan, like, 
that's when you attack. So it's not one Gola that's coming after Paul, it's two. As far as we know, it's probably way more than that. It's probably like 200. Probably, it's very true. But like, does that does, does that necessarily mean that they, like, it's a physical attack of two Golas? Or is it like more of like a theological, like philosophical attack in terms of like just depowering Paul in every way possible to make him just a subservient of the Tleilaxu and the Tleilaxu are now on top of the universe? Yeah, I think the the ladder of the two they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket and send both their goals in at the same time and lose them both you got them both operating on different levels different plans well imagine also like now you have paul on your side because you've kind of blackmailed him and tricked him into working for you like that is a that's like having a nuclear bomb in your arsenal like this guy can see the future well normally he can right now it's in most cases in mo- yeah, in most cases, he can. Yeah, he can see the future pretty well right now, or at least in the moments, the moments future. You know what I mean? Like he can tell, like all the, he can any room he's in, he's like it's like he can see, but it's all just him, like just telling the future in a weird way. So yeah, I think the Tleilaxu is just it's all just gonna be a it's just gonna be like this weird one two sort of snap of just getting Paul into the perfect position to just be a, like just a servant to Tleilaxu and uh, at the end of Bijaz kind of like laying it all down for Paul, he, he like claps his hands and he snaps or uh, lays it, laying it all down for Duncan. He claps and it snaps Duncan out of that like trance that he's in. And pretty much Duncan like forgets everything of the last like five minutes of conversation. And since, uh, since the beginning of like Bijaz like singing, you know what I mean? That's super problematic because people clap all the time. So when he, someone claps, hate just forgets the last five minutes? I think it's a very specific clap. Maybe not like a normal clap. That uh, If you are in a crowd of people applauding, applauding, applauding. There's a lot of claps. There's so many different types of claps. There's a whole rainbow of claps, and you're going to hear that clap. It would be a nightmare for him. Maybe Living it's a goldfish um, life. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just like, <laughs> imagine like him at like a play or something like that. Like at the, he's like, that's this what is I'm amazing. saying. This one, like, that's what I'm saying. This is the most pr- amazing performance I've ever seen in my life. And everybody starts applause, uh, like applauding. And the next thing you know, he, he's like, why am I here? Or, that's what I'm saying. It'd huh? be a nightmare. Whew. What am I, what am I doing? Uh, I don't know. I think more, it's more of just like, you know, one of those hypnotism claps. You know what I mean? Like, you know how they, like, if now, next time, now he didn't say, like, next time when you hear uh, me clap, you're going to forget the next five minutes. But I think it's almost like implied that that's part of the whole hypnotism thing. That kind of music's playing in the background. Jazz. Yeah, smooth jazz, baby. Um, and that is pretty much more or less where the chapter ends. More or less, yes. Just the jazz and hate. Getting down and dirty into their genetics. Oof. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Chap by Chap. Check us out on the Instagram at Chapter by Chapter Podcasts. And of course, send those emails into Chapter by Chapter Podcasts at gmail.com. And we will be back tomorrow for Chapter 20 of Dune, Messiah.
Happy Monday, everybody. You all know why I'm here. I'm here to thank our three Gouda Grandmasters over on our Patreon. That's right. I want to thank Big Cheese Daddy. I want to thank Nicole. And I want to thank Degree for Women for everything they do to support the show. Right now, on the Patreon, if you join on our $3 tier or our Gouda Grandmaster tier, they're enjoying our reviews of the new Ring of Power show. Oh, sounds nice, huh? So if you want to get in on that, you want us to support us and hear our ramblings about the new shows and possibly other shows in the future, go over to our Patreon. See what's going on over there. Could be fun. 